Today we're going to continue uh, our series entitled One Church, One Vision, Multiple Locations. And we began a few weeks ago kind of talking about a couple things. We began talking about who we are as a church, why we exist. Uh, we began to talk about where we're going. And then last week we talked about how we're going to get there. And we kind of cast some strategy. And if you didn't hear that message, you can check that out on YouTube uh, or our Facebook page. But today, uh, I'm super excited because we're just going to kind of dive into some great things today. Let me just remind you of a couple thoughts. Number one, our target date, right? Target date, Easter 2019. We're going to be launching our new Holly Pond campus, right? Liberty Church, Holly Pond campus. All you folks, come on. Let's give the Lord a little praise this morning. And uh, we're super excited about what God is doing. God is multiplying us on every level. And we're really seeing uh, some exciting things that are happening uh, across the board as God is doing some awesome stuff, changing people's lives. So that'll be uh, Easter 2019 of next year. We're going to be launching that Holly Pond campus. I also want to remind you of the save the date, right? So we've got to save the date next Sunday night. June the 10th, right? Next Sunday night, June the 10th, we want to encourage you to save the date at 6.30. We're having what we're calling an interest meeting. Uh, and basically what that is, is we're having a special meeting. We're going to be uh, kind of going over some little more in-depth details and some things about the Holly Pond campus uh, launch. Uh, but it's going to be a night not just for people interested in going to Holly Pond. It is a night for the entire church, right? Because not only are we going to be sharing some details about the Holly Pond campus, we're going to be recognizing some of our launch team members, some of the key folks that are going to be helping us launch that campus in Holly Pond. But we're also going to be giving everybody an opportunity to make a real commitment, not just at Holly Pond, but also here in Arab. Uh, because how many of you understand the vision is one church, one vision, multiple locations. So I want to invite everybody to come back next Sunday night at 6.30 and be a part of that interest meeting because whether you're interested in going to Holly Pond or whether you're interested in serving here in Arab, there's going to be something there for you because we are one church with one vision with multiple locations okay so we really want you to be here and we're going to have some great food and some fellowship some refreshments and desserts that night and so it'll be worth just hanging out having some good food together all right so we want you guys to come and if you're watching online we'd love to have you come and join us at 6 30 and be a part next sunday night june the 10th uh for that special event all right amen well this morning let's look at proverbs 29 verse 18 this has been our foundational scripture we said proverbs 29 18 says where there is no vision the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And we just simply said this, the vision of Liberty Church, right? The vision of Liberty Church is really simple. We want to reach out and raise up. We exist to reach out into a broken, hurting world and raise people up into their full potential in Christ. That's why we exist. We're not a Sunday morning social club. We're not a religious institution. We are the body of Christ, and we exist to reach out into a broken, hurting world and raise people up into their full potential in Christ. And I want to encourage you in this. Don't ever forget why we exist. Because the reality is simply this. You are here today at our 930 service sitting in church because somebody grabbed hold of the Great Commission. Right? You're in church today loving Jesus, saved, not going to hell. Because somebody realized that they were in church, but the church wasn't just about them. The church was about other people that needed to know God. And somebody grabbed hold of the Great Commission to reach out and raise people up in who God had called them to be. And they reached out to you and they loved you and they prayed for you and they invited you and they cared for you. And somewhere along the way, you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior because somebody realized church wasn't about me. 
See, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest tragedies that can happen in the local church is that all of a sudden we think it's all about us, but it's not all about us. It's about him and it's about them, right? Because people matter to God. You matter to God and people matter to God. And so we exist to reach out and raise people up into their full potential in Jesus Christ. And I shared with you last week kind of the heartbeat behind this multi-campus vision. The Lord simply said this to us, and it's on the outline there. The Lord said that he wanted us to plant Dollar Generals and not Walmarts, right? Dollar Generals and not Walmarts. He said every community deserves a life-giving church, and any community that can support a Dollar General can support a life-giving church, right? We believe every community deserves a life-giving church, right? And we've been talking about how that unfortunately our ideas, we always think bigger is better, right? But God doesn't say bigger is better. God says better is better. And so God gave us, and I shared with you last Sunday how that the Lord spoke that to me September of last year, and he said, Keith, I want you to plant Dollar Generals and not Walmarts. It just blew my mind. And the reason it blew my mind is because all of a sudden I began to see exponential opportunities for us to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ that we were not reaching. And I began to see that there was a doable level. There was something better than bigger. It's called multiplication. There was something better than bigger. It's called multiplication. And if we could begin to multiply life-giving churches in smaller communities, we can begin to reach out into those communities and have a great impact and have a great influence for the gospel in those communities so that we can begin to turn a nation by reaching small communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, big things begin to happen because small things begin to happen consistently in the lives of people. And I got excited. Because what an awesome opportunity God has entrusted to us to be a part of what he wants to do. So the last part of that statement says this. It says, and any community that can support a dollar general can support a life-giving church. Now, I'll be honest with you, I wish, we, I wish it didn't take money to do ministry, but let me just tell you the truth. It takes money to do ministry. Right? You're here because somebody not only invested time, prayer, and energy, but somebody invested money. To create a place for you to worship, for you to connect, for you to grow, and for you to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Just last week, Alan had an opportunity at our Celebrate Recovery, which is now going to the work release program. And on Sunday night in Alberville, we're doing church services over there. And last Sunday night, Alan got to baptize two people who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And I don't know if you saw the Facebook pictures. They were awesome. It was a big blow-up kiddie pool. You almost drowned one of them. I thought, how awesome, right? I remember my first baptism was in a swimming pool, and then we used to dunk people in a, in a horse-watering trough, and I thought, hey, isn't God good? But you know what? Whether you're buying a kiddie pool or whether you're buying a water trough or whether you're buying a $5,000 portable baptism like we have now, it all costs money to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so part of, part of launching a campus and part of doing ministry well is you have to think about this word called sustainability. Anything that is going to last has to be sustainable. Now let me give you a great scripture here. It's found in the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 14. Jesus is speaking and Jesus said this, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs? So before you reach out and raise people up, you have to first sit down and count the costs. Right? Before you reach out to raise up, you have to first 
sit down and count the cost. Look what he says. You must sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. At least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build but was not able to finish. So Jesus said, Before you build, you got to first sit down. Before you reach out to raise up, you got to first sit down and count the cost. I want you to understand that for the last five months, we have been sitting down and counting the cost. The reason we did not launch this vision to the church in January of this year is because we spent the last five months sitting down and counting the cost. And let me just take a moment and brag on a couple people. You may or may not know this, but we have a board of elders that serve at Liberty Church. Brother Curtis Snyder, Brother Jim Posfar, and Brother Forrest Van Zandt. And those three guys operate as the elders of Liberty Church. And one of their main responsibilities is the oversight of the finances and the facilities that God has given us. So they help to provide oversight and direction over all the financial decisions that we make. And let me just say, they are such an amazing blessing. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here, and this church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those three awesome men, right? Because I'd have gave all the money away a long time ago. I'll never forget Brother Curtis came on board. He said, Keith, you give everything away. How many know it's good to give? We're going to talk about giving today. But how many know you also got to have wisdom and discernment and discretion on how you do the things you do? And we are so blessed because we have three mighty men of God that spend time, effort, and energy thinking about the finances, the facilities, and the opportunities that we have. And guess what that does? That frees me up to think about people. See, I don't have to sit around and think about money. They do. I sit around and think about people. I mean, if you don't believe Brother Jim, that's all he thinks about in it, Curtis. He thinks about money 24-7. And I'm so glad he does. Because if he's thinking about it, I don't have to. I can think about people. How many of you glad your shepherd isn't worried about paying bills? He's worried about caring for sheep. Let's give our elders a great big round of applause. Come on. Mighty men of God. And so for the last five months with our elders and our seven pillar leaders, we have been counting the cost. We've been looking at spiritually, relationally, physically, people, and financially. What is it going to cost us to do what God is calling us to do? And how can we make sure that we are creating a sustainable model that we can actually finish what we start? So let me give you some good news right here. Let me, well, let me give you some good information this morning. So basically our financial vision, our financial vision is really simple. Our vision is to launch new campuses with no new debt, with no new debt. Now what you may or may not realize is that uh, nine years ago we made our first payment on this building that we're in right here. And you may or may not realize you are sitting inside a $875,000 facility. Y'all enjoying that every Sunday, y'all got a big house. $875,000 facility. That does not include the five modulars that we purchased and paid for later. That does not include our new foyer that we built last year. $35,000 worth of construction that we paid for without debt. $875,000 for the facility that we're in. And we settled after we moved in this, this facility several years ago. We said, you know what? From here on out, we want to do everything we do without inquiring any new debt. Why? Because the Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, let me give you some good news. Nine years ago, we made the first payment on this $875,000 building. 
Nine years later, our payoff on this building is $500,000. We have almost paid off half that debt in nine years. And let me tell you why. Because we have some great elders. And nine years ago, our elders, as we sat down and talked, and I meet with them once a month, and we talk about the finances and the facilities and the operations of this church. Nine years ago, we said, hey, as we launch into this new season, let's pay extra every month on the debt. And so every month, I think except for two months in nine years, we have paid something extra toward our debt. For this last year, we've been paying $3,000 a month extra, paying off the debt, because we want to be debt-free so we can do everything God's called us to do without debt and without hindrance. Amen? Somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, give Jesus some praise for that. So we want to launch without any new debt. The second thing we want to do as far as our financial vision for this new campus, and not just this campus, but all campuses that are going to come, is we want to launch with six months' worth of operating expenses. And the reason we want to do that is we want to make sure that when we send our launch team to Holly Pond, that for the first six months, they're not having to think about money. Right? We're going to think about money. They don't have to think about money. We want them to focus on reaching out and raising people up, making disciples, multiplying and growing the kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of people, making sure people are cared for, people are loved, people are equipped, and people are trained, and people are released into what God has for them. And so we want to give them six months of grace where they can focus on doing what God's called them to do and not have to worry about those financial situations. So let me, let me talk to you about this cost, okay? So basically, the launch cost to get this thing started is broken into two elements. So the startup cost is the first thing, kind of how we broke it down. So what does it mean by startup cost? This means fully furnishing our new facility with everything we need to operate on the same level that we are operating on now. Now what you don't realize, just like you didn't realize you were sitting in an $875,000 building, you don't realize that we walk in here and we have big fancy TVs and we have lights and camera and nice sound systems. Let me just say, we probably have one of the nicest sound systems and technological facilities in the city of Arab. Hands down. There's probably not much in Huntsville that even compares to what we do. We are running at a very high level of excellence as far as the technology and the facilities is what we're trying to do. And so our goal is when we launch, we want to launch that Holly Pond campus on the same level that we're operating on now. Now, so that the only difference would be when you walk into Holly Pond versus walking into Arab, the facility will be smaller, but the quality and the level of operation will be the same. Well, as we were talking about that among the elders, we kind of asked the question, well, what if we can't raise as much money as we need? Well, there are some things we can cut back on. There are some things that we can grow into. But how many of you understand when you set a goal or a vision, you want to aim for all you want? And so I want you to know we are believing, this is our prayer, we have put our faith into the reality that we're going to be able to launch in Holly Pond and operate at the same level that we're operating here because we try to operate with a spirit of excellence doing all we can do to the best that we can do for the glory of God. So, breaking all that down, let me give you some real numbers. So the startup cost is going to be $100,000. And Ian's got a lot of money to give. He is fired up. $100,000, 30000 of that is for renovations and remodeling. And the reason we, we budgeted in $30,000 is because as we begin to look at facilities and buildings in Holly Pond, we recognize almost any building that we move into, we're going to have to enlarge the bathrooms, we're going to have to build walls and classrooms and create environments and spaces for people because how many know people matter to God? And so we got to create a place for people to come. We've got to have chairs, right? Every chair you're sitting on costs $35 times 35 times 150, and that's what it's going to cost just to put seats in the facility. 
So it all adds up, and it adds up to $100,000. That is a real number. Pastor Keith, can we not do it for less than that? Praise God, we're believing we can. But when we came to you today, this is our goal. We want to make sure we always present real numbers. We're not trying to make up an easy number. We're trying to present real numbers. For some of you, 100000 is a lot of money. For others of you, it may not be a lot of money. Wherever you fall in that category, $100,000 is $100,000, but that's really what it's going to cost. And again, hopefully we can save some, but those are real numbers to launch at the level we're launching at now. Now, six months operating expenses. Y'all didn't know y'all were getting a financial class today, did you? $30,000 is what we need to raise for that because uh, operating expenses is basically $5,000 a month. Uh, that's an average of $1,500 a month for a building over in Holly Pond plus utilities plus ministry money to, to do the children's ministry and youth ministries and outreach ministries and all those things that we have to do. Uh, so the budget is $5,000 a month. And I put in parentheses no salaries. And the reason I put that there is because every person that's a part of our launch team <clears throat> is nobody's receiving a salary. So they're all going out there because they believe this is God. They want to be a part of what God is doing. They want to make a difference in the lives of people. They want to reach out and raise people up in the full potential in Jesus Christ. Now, we also understand that the Bible says a laborer is worthy of his hire. So our end goal is not that everybody never has a salary because we want to have North Alabama's greatest church. In order to be North Alabama's greatest church, you've got to be in the building more than just on Sunday. Right? So our goal is one day to be able to, to have some staff at that Holly Pond campus that will be able to be on site through the week to reach out in the community, touch people's lives, and be a presence Sunday through Sunday, all every, every, Sunday through Saturday, every day of the week. But for that first year, there are no salaries, and we'll have to do those as money permits and allows. But everybody that's a part of our launch team that's already committed to be key leaders have already said, hey, we're all in. We're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for souls. Somebody say praise God for people like that. Amen? All right. That's an awesome thing. So our grand total, here it is, grand total, $130,000 is what we need to raise in order to launch the Holly Pond campus at the same level we're operating on right now and to have six months worth of operating expenses in hand. Now let me give you some good news. Y'all ready for some good news? That was weak. Y'all ready for some good news? All right, here's the good news. God always pays for what he orders. God always pays for what he orders. Imagine if I bought me a new car and I started sending the bill to Richard. He probably wouldn't like that. He'd be thinking, what is Pastor Keith? He crazy? He bought him a new car, thinks I'm going to pay for his new car? He's done lost his mind. Let me tell you something. God's not crazy. Everything God orders, God pays for. Everything God orders, God pays for. Four. So I want you to see this, and this is awesome. I got so excited this week, I felt like I got a revelation into some truth that I hope is going to excite you and stir you up before you walk out of this building today. God has created a financial system. God has created a financial system to provide for his house. How many of you know the church, this is his house? He's created a financial system to provide for his house, and he's also created a financial system to release his financial blessing upon our lives. So God has created a system to provide for his house, and God has created through that same system a way to bless and prosper his people. So let's talk about this. Let's look at the first element of it. Tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings are God's provision for the vision of his house. Tithes and offerings are God's provision for his vision of his house. 
Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. All the tithe of the land. The word tithe literally means 10%. All the tithe of the land, whether the, the, the seed or the fruit of the land, is holy unto the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. Now I know none of us deal with seed and fruit, but we do deal with dollars and cents. And so seed and fruit represented income. It represented provision. And so God said this to the nation of Israel. He said, of all your increase, 10% of your increase belongs to me because I have made it holy. The word holy is a real spiritual sounding word. It literally means to be set apart. So God has set apart 10% of everything that you and I make for his glory, for his honor. Now that's an awesome thought. Because the Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord. Amen? And I just told you God always pays for what he orders. So the tithe belongs to the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Right? Tithing is important. Let me tell you why tithing is important. Because tithing is returning to God what belongs to him. If a tenth of all you have belongs to God, then when you keep what's not yours, we call that stealing. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but not really in depth. I'm going to show you some good news, right? This is good news. But I want you to see something. The tithe belongs to God. Why did God implement the tithe? Well, if you go back and read in the Old Testament where the tithing originated, you find out that the tithe was intended to provide provision for those who worked in the house and to provide the resources for the house of God for them to do the things they were called to do. Right? God created a system to pay for his house, to provide for what he ordered. And then he tells us to honor him with the first fruits of our increase. Tithing is giving God what's first, not what's left. And let me tell you why that matters. It matters because if you pay all the bills and then if you have something left, you give it to God, that requires no faith. But if you tithe first and then you pay the bills and buy the groceries and do all that stuff, guess what that requires? It requires faith. And what you are doing is you are acknowledging that God is your provider and your source, not man. God, you take care of me, not my paycheck. I'm not looking to my employer. I'm looking to God to meet my needs. And I'm going to honor the Lord first so he can bless what's left. Billy Graham said it years ago. He said, I can do more with 90% that's blessed than with 100% that's cursed. And so God wants to bless us. Now let's look at Malachi 3. It says, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even the whole nation. And look at verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Why do we bring the tithe in? That there may be food in my house. God has created a financial system to provide for his house. The tithe is the provision for God's vision for God's house. And God says, bring the tithe into the storehouse so there might be food, there might be provision, there might be resources in the house of God. And then it shifts. Now he, he shifts this thing. Because remember, God's financial system not only provides for his house, but it provides financial blessing for us. Look at the next part of verse 10. And try me now in this. King James says, test me says the Lord, right? The Bible actually tells us not to test or tempt the Lord, but in Malachi 3, God actually tells us to test him. 
Look what he says. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out on you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So God says, bring the tithe into my house that there might be food in my house, and then test me in this so that I can bless you. I can open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon you and meet your needs. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer. Right? Isn't it interesting? We've all seen people that work the same job, made the same amount of money. One person struggled all the time, the other person seemed to be blessed. Why? Because God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Amen? That's part of the blessing that God wants to bring over your life. Now let me give you some financial statistics right here. The power of the tithe. I want you to see this. Only 10 to 25% of all Christians tithe. That's the standard in America. 10 to 25%. Now let me give you some good news. Say, I always believe our church is an above and beyond church. Statistically speaking right now, about 40% of the Christians at Liberty Church tithe. Praise God. Come on, let's give the Lord a little praise right there. Four out of the ten people sitting in here or four out of the ten families represented here are regular givers or tithers. And we say tithers, we don't know if it's a tithe, we just know they're giving regular. But this is, let me give you some statistics. If every Christian in America tithed, this is what would happen. There would be an additional $175 billion, I'm sorry, $165 billion for churches to use. And here's a sample of what could be done if Christians just began to tithe. You could take $25 billion and you could relieve global hunger, starvation, and death from preventable diseases in five years. You could take $12 billion and eliminate illiteracy in five years. Illiteracy being one of the common things that keeps people in poverty because they don't have an education, they can't read, they can't further their education, they can't get good jobs, they can't hold down jobs. In five years, you could eliminate illiteracy. $15 billion could solve the world's Water and sanitational issues, specifically in places around the world where 1 billion people live on less than $1 a day. $1 billion could fully fund all overseas mission work. All the missionary work being done around the world could be funded with $1 billion. And that would still leave, look at this number, that would still leave $100 billion would still be left over for ministry expansion here in the United States. So we could end hunger, we could end illiteracy, and we could end all the water sanitation problems around the world, and we could still have $100 billion left to do ministry if the average Christian just tithed. Now, let me give you a great thought right here. Look at this next point. God's financial system is simple. God's financial system is simple. God blesses us in order to financially bless the church. Let me give you a great thought. God doesn't give money to churches. Have you ever thought about the church? We don't sell anything. We don't, we don't make money. This is a non-profit Christian organization. We don't make money. God doesn't give churches money. God gives Christians money. God's financial system is really simple. God blesses us in order to bless the church. And I was praying and I asked the Lord, I said, God, give me some kind of illustration to make this real. And, and so he gave me something I just, I'm really excited about. So I'm going to ask Jessica and Ian to come up front if they would. 
and just stand on the stage right here with me. Jessica is my oldest daughter. She has turned 26 years old. Come on, Jessica. Woo-hoo. Ian is my first son-in-law. Woo-hoo. You can scoot over, Jessica. Get a little closer over here to you. Like, like family. Come on in here a little closer. All right, so let's imagine, let's imagine for a minute that I told Ian, Ian, and I did tell him this, by the way, I want you to take care of my daughter, right? So I want you to take care of my daughter, but hey, I'm going to do something. This is what I'm going to do. Whatever I give you, this is how I want you to take care of Jessica. Whatever I give you, I just want you to give her 10%. That's all I want you to do. Whatever I give you, I just want you to give Jessica 10%, and I want you to take care of my daughter for me. So I'm going to give you money, and I just want you to give her 10%. So think about it this way. So if I want to give Jessica $100, i got to give Ian $1,000. If I want to give Jessica $500, i got to give Ian $5,000. If I want to give Jessica $130,000, does that sound familiar? i got to give Ian $1.3 million. So let me tell you something. God is about, he has just ordered $130,000 for his daughter. He's about to release $1.3 million to his church. Because that's God's system. Now, this is important. What if Ian starts keeping all the money? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop giving money to Ian, and I'm going to find somebody that's going to take care of my daughter. God's about to release $1.3 million into Liberty Church. Not the church. Let me reset. God's about to release $1.3 million into the Christian's that go to Liberty Church because God doesn't give money to churches. God gives money to Christians. So me and you have to decide, do I want to be a part of 1.3 million? (laughs) So the church can receive 130,000? Or do I want God to have to find somebody else besides me that he can release his resources through? Is that clear? Let's give the Lord praise. Thank you, guys. Look at our last point together. I want you to see this. I shared that with Kelly this week. She got so excited. $1.3 million. I'm just telling you right now, God is about to release $1.3 million to to Christians that love his church. We get to decide, do I get to be a part of that? Or has God got to pick somebody else besides me? Last thought on your outline. Many Christians are struggling financially because they are not working God's financial system. Many Christians are struggling financially because they are not working God's financial system. Three things I want to share with you today. Three things you can do to release God's blessing over your life. Three things you can do just to tap into the blessing that God has for you. Because God doesn't bless the church. God blesses Christians who bless the church. That's how God releases money. That is God's financial system for prosperity. Proverbs 10, 22, it's not on the screen, it says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Too many Christians are struggling 
and they're struggling because they're trying to prosper financially as a Christian, but they're not operating in God's system of financial prosperity. And it just don't work. Now, can you make money outside of God's system? Absolutely. Can you get rich outside of God's system? Absolutely. The world is full of ungodly, heathenistic, unrighteous, immoral people that are not honoring God in any way, form, or fashion, and they're making a whole lot of money. But the Bible said in Proverbs 10, I just read it to you, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. See, we are a Celebrate Recovery Church, and we reach a lot of people come through drugs and alcohol. One of the things I see with guys that have come through the drug world is they used to sell drugs and make a lot of money. But isn't it interesting that they never really had a lot of money? And they ended up broke, busted, and disgusted, homeless, sleeping in their car, sleeping under a tree, living in a park somewhere. Why? Because it's the blessing of God that makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it. The wealth of the world comes with sorrow. The wealth of the world comes with trouble and trial. But the riches that God brings come with no sorrow. Right? You can be rich and have a happy family. You can be rich and have a healthy home life. You can be rich and actually enjoy your life and lay down every night and have peace of mind and joy in your heart. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and has no sorrow with it. You can be wealthy according to the world and your marriage can fall apart. You can be wealthy according to the world and lay down at night and never have peace. You can be wealthy according to the world and your world be constantly in chaos and confusion. But you can be rich by God's standards and there will be no sorrow added with it. Three things I want to give you. Three very simple things. The first one is simply this. How do I tap into God's financial system? Here it is. Number one, if you're a Christian, start tithing. If you're a Christian, start tithing. If you're not a Christian, you don't have to tithe. But if you're a Christian, start tithing. Honor God with that 10%. Start bringing into the storehouse the tithe. And let me tell you what will happen. Exciting things will happen because what you may or may not know, you probably don't know, is simply this. We have a budget, of course. We as a church operate off of a budget. And at the end of every month, anything that comes in above that budget line that we have set goes toward our next level growth fund. Anything that comes in above that budget line goes toward our next level growth line. Sometimes it's a couple thousand dollars. Sometimes it's nothing. I think two times this year, we ended the month above our budget line. And right now, we have $14,000 in our next level growth fund. So of that $130,000, we have already got $14,000 set apart to go toward it. Amen? Come on, give Jesus praise. We've already had a $10,000 donation, and we haven't even asked for donations yet. But when you, when you begin, when we begin to tithe, this is what's going to happen. Right now, we have 40% of our families tithing. What would happen if the other 60% began to tithe? We could meet that $130,000 just like that without much effort or even thought. So if you're a Christian, start tithing. Second thing for you to tap into God's system is I want you to do this. I want you to pray about, and you've got a little envelope in your uh, bulletin, and we gave you these envelopes, and we're not taking an offering today because we want you to do what the screen says. We want you to go home and pray. 
The difference between a tithe and an offering is this. The tithe belongs to the Lord. An offering is anything that you give above that out of the generosity of your heart. You want to be a part of what God is doing. You want to sow a seed into what God is doing. You want to tap in to that multiplication that God wants to give. So I want to invest in this thing because I believe it's God and I believe it's good and I believe lives are going to be changed. So this is what we want to ask you to do. We want you to go home this week and we want you to pray. And we want you to ask God to tell you, Lord, is there anything extra above my tithe that you want me to give toward this vision of reaching out and raising up into a broken world that needs to know you? And we just put a couple options on there. A one-time gift, maybe you want to just write a check for a one-time gift, give $500, $1,000, somebody gave $10,000, whatever it is, you just write that check and put it in this envelope and drop it in, and praise God, that's awesome. We'll rejoice and thank the Lord for it. But maybe you're, maybe you're like me. Maybe you don't have a big lump sum that you can give. And you say, well, you know what? I can do something above my tithes every month. For maybe the next 6, 9, or 12 months, I'm willing to give $50, $100, $200, $500, $600 above my tithes every month for the next 6, 9, or 12 months to go toward the vision of reaching out and raising up and seeing people come to know Jesus Christ. So we want you to go home and pray. And this is all we want to ask you to do. Pray and obey. God doesn't tell you to do anything, don't do anything. But if God tells you to do something, do what God says to do. That's all you got to do. And this is what we're going to ask you to do. Next Sunday, we're going to ask you, if you hear from the Lord between now and next Sunday, we're going to ask you to bring these envelopes back, and we'll have more envelopes available next Sunday, and just drop it in the offering. Because what we're going to try to do next Sunday is we kind of wrap this series up and go into our vision interest meeting next Sunday night. We're going to try to get a... Uh, estimated idea of how much money we have raised that has been committed so if you feel like you hear from the Lord this week we want you to drop it in the offer next week you may not have the money to put in there yet but you might say hey I'm going to give X amount of dollars for the next six months and I can't start till next week but I'm going to go ahead and drop this in so you can count on me because I'm going to do what I said I would do And so we're just going to ask you to do that if you hadn't heard anything by next Sunday, you can bring it in the Sunday after that or any Sunday, and we're going to have these envelopes available until uh, we take our next step. So we want you just to pray. Do what God says, and beyond that, that's between you and the Lord, and we're going to rejoice no matter what you do. The last thing, the Lord wouldn't let me get away without saying this. You need to start living off a budget. God's financial plan. You want, you want to begin to tap into God's plan for your life? You need to start tithing and you need to start giving. Kelly and I, this July will be our 28th anniversary, and for 28 years we have always tithed and give. We've always been tithers and we've always been givers above our tithes for 28 years. And here, here's what I can tell you. For much of our 28 years of marriage, we struggled financially. And let me tell you why. It wasn't because we weren't tithing. It wasn't because we weren't giving offers. It was because we weren't living on the budget. Dave Ramsey says if you don't tell your money where to go, it'll just go. And if you want to prosper financially and you want to tap into God's system for your life, start tithing, start giving above your tithe, and then begin to live off of a budget. Tell your money where to go and let it go that way, go those places. And you know what will happen? Every promise God has spoken in his word will come true. God's going to release $1.3 million into the Christians in this church because he just ordered a $130,000 need and we get to decide how much of that do I want to be a part of? How much of that do I want to be a part of? Man, wouldn't you like to get a job like that where somebody paid you $100, you kept 90 and gave 10 away? Man, that'd be a good job. Guess what? That's our job. 
That's, that's God's system, and that's our job. And you know what? The good news is we can be a part of it. Let's just bow our heads today. I know this has been a different message. If you're visiting with us, you walked into a, maybe an unusual Sunday. I pray and believe it's exactly what you needed to hear today. But we do want to invite you back. We've spent the last three weeks, and we're going to spend one more week talking about this next step in the vision because we really believe what God's calling us to do is important, and it's so important we need to take four weeks on a Sunday morning and talk about it. But we do want to invite you back. But I also want to do this today because I realize that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and God's Word is God's Word, and you can preach on tithing and giving and God's financial system. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you can still get saved. And maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you've never really been saved. You've never committed your life to Christ. I'm just telling you, financial prosperity without peace with God is useless. It's useless. If you don't have peace with God, then nothing matters. But today you can have peace with God. You can trust Him as your Lord and Savior. You can commit your life to follow Christ. And if that's what you want to do today, right now, I want to ask you to do something really bold in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet in just a minute. As a public declaration that says, today I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. So if that's you, and right now the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart, your, your heart's beating out of your chest, and you know that God's talking to you. If that's you, I want you to stand up right now. Today, Pastor Keith, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want you to stand up just all over this building. Just take a simple act of faith. I want to pray today to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Father, we just thank you today for the goodness and grace of your Son. We thank you for the mercy and kindness that you showed us. And we thank you today, Lord, that you have loved us. And Lord, you have provided a way not only to take care of your house, <coughs> but to take care of us. And we are grateful and thankful for that. We ask your blessing, your anointing, and your glory over your people today. God, position us to fully receive all that you are ready to give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.